Welcome to The Positivity Effect, where paying it forward and doing something positive in someone's life can provide them with the confidence and motivation to do the same for someone else. Like a stone dropped into a lake, let's create a ripple effect of positivity throughout our world. And it begins with your host, Dr. Thomas Retcher. Hey, what's going on, guys? Dr. Tom here, and you're listening to The Positivity Effect, episode number 114, The Liberation Experience. Thank you so much for tuning in, and if this podcast has impacted you in some way, invite a friend or a family member to listen to the show. This podcast is a movement, and together we can create a ripple effect of positivity throughout our world, one person at a time. To connect with me and to also receive my insights from today's episode, text the word POSITIVITY to the number 44222. All right, joining us again for part two of his interview is Coot Blackson. Coot Blackson is an utterly unique visionary in the world of human potential. Unlike those who promise to simply help people get what they want, Coot's life work instead reveals to people what they have to give by liberating who they are most truly and deeply. The focus is freedom. Coote's own background and experience lay out the blueprint for his approach to liberating others, setting their gifts and greatness free. Born in Ghana, West Africa, his multicultural upbringing as the child of a Japanese mother and Ghanaian father raised in London and on four different continents defies all stereotypes. The son of a revered spiritual leader, Coot was speaking to his father's congregations in more than 300 churches by the age of eight. At the age of 14, he was ordained into his father's ministry and groomed to carry on the family's spiritual legacy. But his heart's truth drew him to separate from his father's ministry and come to Los Angeles in 1995. Coot courageously and daringly came to America with two suitcases and a dream seeking out many of the spiritual leaders and self-help icons who inspired him when he was still a boy. He quickly learned that the outside-in approach had to become an inside-out approach. So he decided to create his own process, a process that liberates the individual at the core. This process helps the individual get in touch with who they really are. It's a process of breaking free so that each person can live, give, and share the truest expression of his or her self. This is what he calls liberated living. We talk about how he created a liberation experience or how he creates a liberation experience with his clients that he works with. And we talk about how you and I, how we can easily create a similar experience at home in our own lives. We talk about the powerful mind-body connection that we all have. And we dive into his mind a little bit and pull out some insights regarding his book, You Are the One. For more information on how to pick up a copy of his book, head over to his website at cootblackson.com. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed part one, and I know you're going to love this second interview with Coot because I walked away myself feeling full of gratitude and peace. So help me welcome him back to The Positivity Effect.
Coot, what's going on? Welcome back to the podcast. It's great to be back. Absolutely. Absolutely. We had such a great conversation two days ago. It was it was so powerful and I walked away so feeling so peaceful in my heart, the the mind, the heart connection. I, it really is something going on that, with that and there's so there's so much more to talk about and we could like, we could talk for days. We really could talk for days, but there's something really interesting that you do now with your clients that 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 reach out to it that are looking to make changes and I want to sh- to talk about this. Obviously on a on a grand scale there's only so much time that you have to on you know to, if you're working with somebody one on one so it, it's it's it wouldn't be, it'd be impossible to to serve everybody on the earth in this way but it's it's such an incredible experience. I'd love for you to talk about this transformational immersion journey that you take people on and yeah. and, and how they how you walk them through this. Yes, uh, I started doing these journeys in 2006. Uh, just a little backstory is I went to India uh, maybe 15 years plus ago, uh, shaved my head, put everything in storage, had a backpack and started traveling in search mm. of answers. And I found myself on the back of a train in, in the poorest section of India and I saw this woman who had five children and she was totally just so poor and I just started crying and I was in a sardine can situation and I just, my heart broke feeling the suffering of humanity and then after hours of crying, I remember looking into her eyes and feeling like we were one. I just, what was looking at me was looking at her and and there was no separation between us and it was honestly a beautiful moment and I thought, wouldn't it be amazing if leaders were on this train having this profound, you could say, oneness experience like the head of Google, the head of Nike, Oprah, the president of the U.S., like how would it transform people's lives who were in leadership positions that had wow. the ability to really impact cultures as a result of their own transformation so that they could become so-called enlightened leaders, you know, not just leaders that were driven by their egos and competition and the old paradigm. And then I forgot about that. I built a very successful uh, coaching company where I had the chance to coach people from literally around the world and started coaching everyone from billionaires and celebrities and athletes and regular folks and mothers and children. And, and, and it was really in 2006 that I had a calling. It was really a calling in my meditation. I was told, create that journey. And I was like, what journey? You know? And <laughs> When you hear a voice like that, you kind of pay attention. So uh, I remembered what happened to me on the train in India. And the whole journey, you could see, downloaded itself. And it became called the Liberation Experience. Um, and the Liberation Experience is a one-on-one. And I did it for about seven years. It's a one-on-one intensive transformational experiential immersion uh, journey where I take one person, one leader, one visionary to India. I take away your passport. I take away your money. You have a backpack. You have a pair of clothes. And, uh, uh, you know, I strip you down to the core and I craft a transformational journey that is designed to find your deepest limits on love, your deepest limitations. It's designed to help you clear your past, transform yourself and help you connect to who you are, find your purpose and give your gifts to the world. We're on planes, trains, automobiles, sleeping very little for 14 days. We're in about 14 cities in about 14 days and traveling through the bowels of India and I craft a process that is, is designed to stretch you to your edge and beyond. And I make you sign your will 
in case you don't come back. I make you write letters to everyone in your life in case you don't come back. Although uh, in seven years, I've taken 19 people and everyone has come back uh, very safely. And it's, it's a life-changing journey that has transformed me every time. You know, Part of the journey starts at basically facing death. And I think so often we're so busy avoiding death. We're so busy running away from death. We're afraid of death. But the reality is, no matter who you are, whether you're Martin Luther King, whether you're Oprah, whether you're Elon Musk, you know, whether you're Bruce Lee, whether you're Muhammad Ali, the only guarantee in life for sure is that we will all die. We're born and that we will die. It is a guarantee. And somehow when it happens, we either resist it or we're surprised. And I think the more we can embrace death, and make it our friend, not as some morbid thing, but just face it, embrace it, and use it as a reminder to say, hey, we don't have time to waste because none of us know when that moment is going to actually happen. And so uh, part of the journey is facing death from the very beginning, making peace with that, and uh, and, and, and transforming one's life. So it, it became a, a really, really, really powerful journey. And I take away, I unplug you from your regular life, and I take away all of your comforts all of your routines and i put you into the unknown literally and uh, we often think that we're free uh but the moment you take away someone's iphone and <laughs> some laptop and someone's clothes and someone's makeup and someone's you know relationship all of a sudden we often collapse and and i say that a freedom that can be that easily taken away is not real freedom real freedom is something that transcends the transitory nature of life. If you look at someone like a Nelson Mandela, that they put him in prison for 26 years, he was in prison, but he was not limited by the constraints of the prison that he tapped into a dimension of his being that is eternally free. Yes. And I think we all have that. So what is it to be that free? What is it to live that freely beyond our fears, beyond our past, beyond our conditioning, beyond, beyond all of that stuff on the surface, but to connect to that deeper dimension of our soul, uh, which is beyond birth, which is beyond death. And so, so the journey uh, that I created, uh, I do group journeys to Bali now, but the journey that you're talking about was to India was, was really designed to that's why it's called liberation. You know, it's really designed to, to do that. And it's, it's very powerful. And it's what my book is based on. And I take people through a little bit of the journey on that, through that book. That's what I was just thinking is that knowing that this incredible journey and it was, you know, transforming people on this, this scale. It was a smaller scale. And now with this book, it's so powerful that you can reach just such a big audience and transform so many people. So, what are some of these things, these tactics that we can do that can basically help us to have that same experience, but maybe we're not actually able to travel around the world for two weeks or there, there's, it's, it's giving us maybe on a smaller scale, uh, I'm thinking just off the top of my head, things like getting, you know, being, raising our awareness of getting away from our electronics for a certain amount of time and, mm -hmm. and meditating, these different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a few things that, you know, I think people can do. Uh, I think we spoke about at least one of them in, in, in the previous conversation we had. But one thing, and I'll go through them as quickly as I can, uh, some, some kind of philosophical things and some maybe tactical things is number one, tell the truth. Uh, I mentioned that we're, we're, we're constantly 
you know, rationalizing. Essentially, we're constantly finding ways to lie to ourselves and not tell ourselves the truth and pretending uh, that we don't know. And I think we deep down, we do know. And, and one of the ways I've seen people keep us, one of the ways we keep ourselves stuck is we lie to ourselves. We BS ourselves. We, we constantly settling. Nah, this relationship's okay. Nah, this job, nah, it's not so bad. It, no. I, so I think the more we can tell ourselves the truth, because we're often afraid of telling the truth because we're afraid of the consequences. So ask yourself, what am I pretending to not know? And really take inventory of where you are not telling the truth to yourself. What are you not telling your truth to yourself about? What, what, what's the payoff for that? And really get honest, get real, even if you don't do anything about it, even if you don't leave your job, even if you don't leave the relationship that you know is not really aligned, at least tell yourself the truth and then feel the truth because once you tell yourself the truth, you, you can't go back. It's only a matter of time. It begins a process. The other thing is uh, I mentioned maybe at the end of our call, our last call, was, was give up all sense of entitlement. No one owes you anything. One of the things that keeps us stuck is the sense of uh, entitlement. So the more we can give up entitlement, like God owes me something, or my parents owe me something. It's like it would be nice if our parents were a certain way. It would be nice if people were some way. But – when we can give up entitlement, then it, it, it puts the responsibility back on ourselves. And I think uh, the, the, the art of taking responsibility is really uh, what it is to live a free, a powerful, and enlightened life. The other thing is, I would say, really be willing to question who you are. Many times we think we're a certain way, but we don't realize that we've been conditioned which I talked about. So question who you are. Is this who I really am? Is this what I really believe? Is this my truth? And not just take it like, oh, this is just who I am. No, 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 question. Because many times we're living out the conditioning of our past. One of the things we can do too, kind of connected to what I've said just now in terms of the truth and questioning is we're constantly being bombarded by media and social media. And we're being bombarded by by so many, uh, you know, it said that the average person checks their mobile phone 150 times a day, 150 <sighs> times a day. And I thought that was complete BS until I, until I started kind of like, obviously, once you know, then maybe it shifts your behavior. But I realized, I mean, I checked my mobile phone quite a lot for the time, <laughs> you know, for social media, for text. For, so I thought it probably isn't that far off. Wow. And so... With technology, which is an amazing thing, the danger is we our focus goes so external that we're so focused outside by the media, by the screen, by the laptop, by the desktop, by radio, by television, that the danger becomes it, it, it distracts us from ourselves. And as a result, it disconnects us from ourselves. And, and once we get distracted, we get disconnected. Once we get disconnected, it can lead to being depressed. Once we get depressed, you know, we, we can be easily sold a bunch of ideas, uh, sold this idea that you're not enough. And uh, so, so I think part of living a fulfilled life is really taking the time to connect with ourselves. So one, one of the things I encourage people to do is take some time each day, take some time each week and unplug from digital stuff, have a digital detox, unplug, disconnect, and listen. Really take the daily time to listen to your soul. Take the daily time to listen to your heart. Take the daily time to listen to what you really feel. And I think many times people create, all of a sudden end up, maybe five years go by, a year goes by, a month goes by, and we often say, how did I, how did I get here? How, how, did, I, how did I end up here? Because we didn't take the time to listen 
to our souls. And I think if we listen to the deeper part of us, we will be guided. We're always being guided. We're always being shown. We're always being whispered to. And if we're willing to listen, to trust, and act on that, then I think we end up living in alignment. And I think for me, alignment is key. You know, when we live in alignment with who we are, when we live in alignment with our truth, when we live in alignment with what we are, what we are here to do, and we stop comparing ourselves to, well, Thomas is doing this, Coop's doing that, Oprah's doing that, so-and-so is doing that, let me be that, no, what about this? And we say, okay, who am I meant to be? What am I here to do? What's my unique gift? How can I live in alignment with, 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 with my true self? I think that's when the magic happens, and that's when the universe starts falling into place for us as well. Kud, I'm going to ask you, it's, it's kind of a, an odd question, but I want to ask you, because I, I have a medical background, mm. with, with your background and your experience of really getting to the core of who people are, helping them break through in their mind, mm. do you think that a lot of the sickness that we have or that people experience is, is from negative thought pattern that builds up over years or I know there's definitely obviously we have things that are Mm -hmm. in this environment that can make us sick but how much do you think is coming from just the the way that how toxic somebody's thoughts can be and how that can actually affect their whole body I mean I think it's it's very connected yes you know I think the mind and the body in this look I'm not a scientist I'm not a doctor but there's Mm -hmm. many 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 studies done mind-body connection, psychoneuroimmunology, you know, studies done, tests done, you know, proven uh, case studies that have been done of the, of the connection between the mind and the body and how thoughts, how we feel, our emotions shift, our energy shift, our vibration shift, our blood cells shift, shift, you know, our, our body. And there is a profound connection. And I think uh, uh, we have to be vigilant with our thoughts. We have to be vigilant with our minds. You know, and and in that too, you know, it's interesting. I, I think I read. Uh, you might be able to help me on this, since you have the medical background. I think it was is it every seven years or every seven to nine years, the body uh, goes through a complete transformation, and and cells die, regenerate, yes. and, and each cell totally transforms. That being the case, every seven years, you are. I mean, technically, on one level, a completely different body. <laughs> you know, you are yes. a completely different person. You are, you are totally different, potentially a different person. So I think uh, uh, what we think, uh, you know, affects our stress levels. What we think affects our, 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 our um, uh, organs. And, and so I think the more we're able to, think positively and, and, and focus on what we really want in life, the more we can, you know, affect uh, our physiology and our health. Because I, I, I really believe it's connected and I really believe that when we suppress our feelings, because we're often taught to suppress our feelings as children, when we suppress our feelings, you know, and we often suppress our feelings to function, survive, uh, to just, to dis- we disconnect. And all those feelings, we suppress them and they don't go anywhere. They stay inside of us and much of which they get stored and packed into our physiology and, uh, and often manifest, I think. I think the body can only take so much suppressed stuff. And I think at some point it has to manifest in some kind of physical 
uh, experience, illness, situation. Thank you so much for yeah for tying that together because I, I think it's so it's such a beautiful example of of hearing of tying everything together that you just explained and 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 this this thought process about really longevity in life and it's really one of my my goals and that's part of the podcast is is that ripple effect of positivity that we can have throughout each other's lives and that's if you're here right now listening guys to this podcast there's a reason that you're here listening to this podcast or if there's a reason that you went into iTunes and you searched positivity and 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 that you're here listening to this podcast over something that maybe is uh, a show that's breeding negative energy so we all we're here and we're listening and we're bettering ourselves and we're, we're increasing our own our own energy and, and and our vibrations but the the most beautiful thing about this by making ourselves better is that we can be that lighthouse for others that I always talk about. And if when you raise yourself up, people around you, everybody just picks up on that energy and you can be that change for other people to help them live a more deeper, fulfilling life. And sometimes we, we, we wonder, how do we go out and help people? How do we, how do we make change? How do we really affect? And it, I think it comes down to that idea that we always talk about that you have to put that oxygen mask on yourself first and increase increase the things in your life and and the the vibrations of your energy and when you do that it's it's incredible how the the people around you especially i say always say start at home start at home start locally you don't have, you want to have that grand scale uh, of of maybe helping somebody in another country and but it's it's incredible when you just start at home too and 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 make those changes and and it's like you don't even have to you're not trying to change somebody or trying to change people you're just the way you're living is creating a ripple effect of positivity throughout your life and could just over these last two interviews just it's been incredible just hearing about how you have lived your life and that ripple effect that you have been leaving that legacy that you have been leaving on this earth is very powerful so i want to ask you with your book yes from your perspective, what was maybe one one big lesson that you maybe had or experienced or something experience you went through while writing that book and, and oh, yeah. coming out? Oh yeah, I have something for you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, the book honestly was not the book I thought I, I I thought I was going to write. There was the book Thomas that I thought my ego thought I was going to write, mm. and there was the book that you could say the universe intended it to be. And, and so I wrote my book before I sold it. Then I sold my book the year later. And then my publisher said, well, would you just rewrite a few things? Would you rewrite? Before you know it, I realized they wanted me to rewrite an entirely new book. <laughs> and, and at first I was, I was resistant, but I realized that there was something deeper seeking to happen and that this book had an energy of its own. So what the process taught me was, you know, sometimes it basically taught me a whole nother level of surrender. And sometimes there's an idea for those listening. Sometimes there's an idea uh, of what you think your life should look like, should have looked like. Maybe there's an idea of what you think a relationship is going to be like. Maybe there's an idea of what you think the outcome of a situation is going to be. And I think that the, one of the greatest, greatest keys to success and a truly authentic, fulfilled, happy, free life is to surrender. When we surrender our egos, surrender our will, and we surrender 
not as a sense of like giving up, but we surrender to the highest good. My, my intention and prayer more and more is not even just like, what do I want with my life? It, 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 it's, it's like, what actually wants to express itself through me? What is the universe? What is life? What is God? What is the intelligence of life? What I want to express through me and actually opening myself to becoming receptive to that flow. Because when we bring ourselves into the flow, that's when miracles happen. That's when, you know, magic happens. You look at people like Jesus, Buddha, Gandhi, Martin Luther King, Mandela, people that transcended the realm of what most people thought was possible because I feel they were not doing it of their own power. They tapped into a deeper source of life. They surrendered themselves to being used by life itself. And that's when they transcended the limits and went into a zone of miracles. And that's when magic happens. So I think for me, the process of the book was a process of really surrendering, 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 and becoming available. That's why it's funny. I don't feel it's my book. Like, oh, this is my book that I wrote. I really Mm. feel... I am a, if anything, a servant to the book, a servant to the message. I serve the book and I'm a messenger on behalf of the book to remind people of who they are. But uh, it was a really humbling process of surrender. And I think when we really surrender, what I, what I realized too is that the mind, the mind is finite. You know, the mind is limited. The mind can't see the whole picture uh, and the whole possibility, but the soul is infinite. And when we're willing to trust that and live in alignment with that bigger intention that is seeking to happen, what often ends up unfolding in our lives is often way more than anything we can have, we could have imagined, made up, planned, written down on a piece of paper. It's often way bigger. Uh, way bigger than that. So that's that's where that's what I learned from the book and what the book taught me. Guys, that's what a powerful word. If there's that one word that you take away from these last two days is surrender, surrender, mm. surrender. It's so powerful. Coot, I want to ask you one last question, and yes. the answer of the question is not about um, any any form of, of self grandization or. It's it's more for for everyone listening and myself as well uh, as as a lesson. And you've only, you've pretty much described these things that I'm about to ask over the last last uh, two shows. But if you were suddenly at the end of your life and you were reflecting on everything that you had been through, you had done, you had created, mm. what kind of impact would you want to be remembered for? Hmm. Uh, I, honestly, I think it's 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 really simple. You know, that he reminded us of who we really are. He saw the greatness. He reminded us of our own truth, of our own greatness, of our own soul. And uh, he reminded us to love. To me, it's pretty simple. Reminded us of who we really are. And, uh, And that in my presence, people rise up and go beyond their limits and Remember the truth of the being, that you are whole, perfect, complete, divine expression of life, and uh, that people remember that. So powerful. Thank you so much for that, for that Kooten. I really believe that these conversations that we've had are, are going to transcend people's hearts in, in so many powerful ways, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, 
it's really just been a blessing for me to have you on. So thank you so much, really, for, for your time and for coming on today and sharing some of these deep deep insights, really, of 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 all these experiences that you've had. These these this, this deep, rich, colorful life that you've had. It's so powerful for all of, all of us to hear this, uh, you know, this anecdote, these anecdotes. So thank you so much for that. And guys, <laughs> this is this is one for the books. You got to go back and listen to this. I mean, it's so many nuggets uh, that it's really powerful. So guys, please check out Coot Blackson. Head over to CootBlackson.com to see more about what he's doing and to check out his new book, You Are the One. It really, it's gonna get, it's gonna take you through a transformational journey in your own heart, and it's gonna leave you with that word of surrender. Coot, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's been a, a pleasure and an honor. Thank you. Take care. <laughs>